When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio, Oilers. 630 Chad. Edmonton's signature building now has its signature game, at least for the time being. A classic tonight at Rogers Place. The Pittsburgh Penguins edging your Edmonton Oilers 3-2 in a shootout. Highly dramatic, highly entertaining, and in some ways for Oilers fans, highly encouraging as they controlled the final 40 minutes of regulation time. Couldn't get the winner. Missed a couple of great chances in overtime. Killed off a penalty in overtime, but came up a goal short in the shootout. Wow, what a night. What a start to this weekend. The Canadians are coming to town on Sunday, but we're going to focus on this one against the Penguins. You can call us 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, and I found myself furiously writing notes through... (laughs) Most of that game, Rob, just just an incredible game. I mean, so many chances. The Oilers carried the play over the final 40 minutes. Having said that, Phil Kessel has a breakaway when it's 2-2. The Penguins get uh, a power play in overtime. Just so many opportunities, so many good plays tonight. Uh, there were. There were a number of great plays. There are a number of... Uh Huge mistakes by both teams as well. Giveaways that created great plays going the other way. Goaltending was exceptional in both ends of the rink. The star players, uh, even though they didn't have padded stats tonight, the star players were excellent. Uh, it was just entertaining. And you say you were you were keeping notes. I couldn't keep my eyes off the game to write a note down on that one. The, the last 40 minutes, well, and then into overtime, the Oilers were exceptional. That's as good as I've seen them play. They had their forecheck going. They had they, they were doing the little things right. Instead of turning the puck over in the neutral zone, which played into the Penguins' hands in the first 20, they got pucks in deep. They knew that the Penguins' uh, deficit in this game is their defense with all the injuries they have on the back end. So they got the puck in deep and worked them. Connor McDavid was as good at I've, as I've seen him all season long. Star players want to make statements. And Connor McDavid sees that Sidney Crosby's playing against him tonight. Sees that Evgeny Malkin's playing against him tonight. Connor McDavid wants to be the best in the world. Right now, Sidney Crosby, uh, through most of the people in the National Hockey League, feels he's he is still the best. He's got the, the World Cup championship. He's got the Stanley Cup championship. Connor McDavid was... Uh, this is the best I've seen him. The most aggressive I've seen him. Every time he got the puck, he made an aggressive move to the net. He wasn't looking to, to find someone else to get the puck to. He wasn't waiting for a trailer to come up. He was taking the putt, putting his head down, and driving with full speed. Flurry was really, really good tonight for the Pittsburgh Penguins and had to be because Connor McDavid was on his game. So the Penguins win it 3-2 in a shootout. The three stars tonight, McDavid, Flurry, and Talbot. The fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I am going to give to fans of the Edmonton Oilers who have long awaited a game of this calendar and were as spirited as I've ever heard Wow, look at you just playing into their hands tonight. You know what? They were good today. It was loud. It was loud, and they were entertained. It's funny. I, I know that people talk about it and, and fans feel it, 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 it that it is the case, but as an ex-player, I can tell you it's the truth. Players feed off the fans. The louder, the more emotional, the more excited the fans are, 
the better you play. It gives you energy. When you're tired and you hear the fans going, it just gives you that little extra boost. Tonight, the Oilers got every little bit of boost that they could because this was a, a rocking house tonight, and, and rightfully so because it was an exceptional hockey game. McDavid plays 26-53. He gets nine shots on goal. David Darnay, uh, DeHarnay had the other Oilers marker his first as an Edmonton Oiler. DeHarnay also goes 88% in the face-off circle. The Oilers won 76% of the face-offs tonight. Dreisaitl 7-2, Letestu 7-2, Nuge 8-2, McDavid 3-3, three and three, Hendricks 2-1. and one. So they absolutely dominate that part of the game. And, and uh, as I mentioned, the shots in the second and third periods combined, 32-14 for Edmonton. All right, 780-496-0063. We'll start it off with Tony tonight. Hi, Tony. Thanks for calling. Hi, I got a question. It was, um, it was in the third period. No, it was in overtime, and McDavid came up on our breakaway, and he got tripped by... Flurry. I don't get why that's not called. Uh, you know what? When I saw the replay, I thought that's tripping. Having said that, Tony, I I, kid, I don't know if I've ever seen that called on a goalie on a breakaway because it, it happens so fast. And I went and found the rule, and it says accidental trips which occur, which occur simultaneously with a completed play will not be penalized. So... Uh, I mean, I suppose if the ref went back and watched, and we don't get to talk to the refs, but he could say McDavid had already made his move. Flurry's in the act of trying to make a save. The puck was drifting away, so therefore it's a simultaneous play. I'm sure Oilers fans are going to say, well, wait a minute, if McDavid isn't knocked down, he reaches over and, and swoops the puck in. I, I think it's a valid question. I think Rob's probably maybe rolling his eyes at me a little bit because it's a bit of a technical point in, in, in a game like this. I, I just... In the replay, sure, fair question, but I, I've never seen it called on a breakaway like that. No, well, neither have I, nor will it be called. It was it was part of him making the save. He's got his body out there, and it, it's not going to be called. I think more so the puck bounced a little bit too much on McDavid, and that's probably why he didn't get to it as well. Uh, it, it's just a call that they don't call, and if you start making that call that you can start going through all the different goals and around the net and stuff like that or the saves around the net there's always something the goaltenders you're always clipping his shoulder clipping his glove uh part of his body uh, they're just not calls so i understand it but i think the ref made the right non-call thanks tony we appreciate it i, I thought you know just as a bit of an aside i thought a well refereed game the night the yep. uh, penguins were 0 for 2 on the power play the oilers were one for two. Um, I, I mean, in the second period when the Oilers were applying a lot of pressure, you know, the Penguins were, were getting tired and there were a couple where it's like, mm, was that interference? You know, a Penguin trying to hold up the forecheck, but they chose not to call anything that, that wasn't blatant. They they left, they left let the uh, ticky-tack stuff go, and I think that contributed to the quality of the game. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you play, there, there's times when a referee has to make the call. You can't, you can't, if someone's been impeded on a goal scoring chance, it has to be called. But when it's incidental contact in a game like this, it's been as fast and as exciting, then, then you let it go. And it, we're the benefactors of that because they let it go tonight and they allowed us to watch a great hockey game. All right, 3 2, the Penguins win it in a shootout. McDavid, the only Oilers goal in the shootout. Crosby and Kessel scoring for the Penguins. So the Oilers now 1-1-1, one, 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 three games into their eight-game homestand. 780-496-0063. We have John standing by. Hi, John. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. 
Hey, that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that was one of the best individual performances I've ever seen. And that includes the Gretzky years. Uh, that was just spectacular. And, you know, um, there's been a lot of criticism about our penalty killing, but man, kill off a four on three in overtime. <laughs> that was just outstanding. Winning some draws, that was encouraging. And I thought Nuge's line was particularly good tonight. But all four lines, I mean, and we were moving up the puck and we were getting into the offensive zone. And and it was, that's such an encouraging sign for the next 15 or 16 games. I, I, I agree. En- I think I it, just enjoyed that, man. It, it, I mean, it was a, a big test for the Oilers tonight. This is one of the powerhouses of the National Hockey League, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Now, they're beat up right now, missing six players out of their lineup, including three very good defensemen. But having said that, this is a team that's still winning because of their depth and because of the star power that they have that can carry a hockey club. And the Oilers not only matched them through 65 minutes, actually were a better team through the final 45. So what did they start doing in the second period to start gaining the opportunities on the zone time? Well, they started getting pucks in deep, mm-hmm. which created chances. You know, And a lot of it is you watch when Connor McDavid, a lot of the times when he's coming up the ice, he's looking to make a pass or they're trying to get him the puck at the blue line. Instead, they were getting the puck at the red line and driving. Just driving the, the play that the the Oilers got uh, the power play on that eventually be, turned into the, the game tying goal. Everly drove. He drove and turned the guy inside out. They had to hook him down. Mm-hmm. They weren't turning up looking to find late guys coming in. They were getting pucks in deep, and if they were driving wide and they were stopped on the drive, the puck still went forward into the corner. Now they could get a four check going. The Penguins with the injuries they have on the back end aren't as quick. And the Oilers were able to get in there and beat the Penguin defenders to the puck and created tur- or turnovers, created chances. And when the Oilers got their cycle going, they were very, very good. So the Oilers are 35-23-9 on the season, third in the Pacific, one behind the Ducks, one ahead of the Flames. It's going to be a great finish. They get a shootout loss point tonight. 3-2, the Penguins take it. If you're on hold, stay there. Let's go downstairs for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. Breakaway. Um, you know, I'm doing it again. He was he was a big positive factor in our in our game tonight. He was all over the rink. He played well offensively, defensively. was a threat every time he was out there. <coughs> Good in the circle. Um, overtime. I don't know what else you want me to say. So when he's playing like that, is is your, the inclination for the coach to try to get him out there like two out of every three shifts? Well, I think it says right here he played 26 minutes as a forward, so we can't play him any more than that. Todd, overall... Um I mean, that's a pretty good team that came into town, although they were a little bit beat up. But are you happy with the way your team competed and at times carried play against a pretty good team? Well, we're, you know, we're disappointed that we didn't get the two points. Um, but what happened tonight was I thought that the game drew a little bit of uh, desperation out of our group. A little, uh, we took it up a notch. There was more intensity to our game. And we didn't have that against Detroit. We didn't have that against uh against New York and it's that time of year so it's in us and um, the Penguins brought it out of us Uh, now it's up to us to keep it so there was uh, in my opinion some real positives in tonight's game we kept a lot of plays alive in their end the goaltender played extremely well Um, 
you know, so point short, but a pretty good night. A, a game like this is probably one of the more entertaining games we've seen here in quite some time. Are, are you in coach mode, or do you get a chance to just step? No, I was, um, you know, you're in coach mode, but you appreciate what's going on out there. It's going fast. There's a lot of skill, great plays. The energy in the building was phenomenal. Um, you know, our sixth or seventh player, if you want to call it that, in the in the stands helped us tonight. You could feel it on the bench, and the guys got going, and um, so it was it was participation by everybody. David, there now his first goal tonight as an Oiler. Just your thoughts on him since he's come here and what he's. I thought this was his probably his best game tonight. Um, that line was effective. They buzzed around. He's looking more and more confident. We used him in some uh, power play situation too, so um, I think it still take him a little while, but he, he feels like he's beginning to fit in, or at least that's what it looks like uh, to me as a coach. So did you like what you saw? Um, you know, Pouliot is back in after a long time. <clears throat> there was some physicality there. Cassian, same thing. Like, did you, did you kind of like the, the way those two bookend things? And with Dave in the middle, I think it, yep. that was a line that complemented um, each other. The physicality part of, uh, of the game was something I thought that helped us turn it in the second period. So uh, credit to those guys that uh, play in straight lines and finish checks without taking penalties. Um, they had an impact. <coughs> uh, when you see the firepower on both teams and it's going to three-on-three overtime, and you think oh, there's no way this game is going to get to a shootout. There's so many chances back and forth. Yeah, but then I look at both goaltenders, and they're, uh, they're pretty high end, so there is that last line of defense, and, and uh, both of them played uh, exceptionally well tonight. So um, a tremendous game. It was entertaining. If, if you're driving home right now, you're, I want to go back to, to the next game. Um, I just thought it was a tremendous night. There's some nights where you go with Connor in the shootout, some nights where you elect not to, but tonight just one of those nights where there was there's no way regarding Yeah, he was he was at the top of his game tonight and he was feeling it, so we, we went there. All right, there's head coach Todd McClellan, overall pleased with how his team played, especially over the final forty five minutes in the shootout. Dry Seidel, no Malkin, no. Letestu, no. Crosby, yes. McDavid, yes. Kessel, yes. So that was the difference. Penguins take this one 3-2. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for joining us. What a game. A lot of people want to talk. 780-496-0063. We'll go to Evan standing by. Hello, Evan. Hi. Go ahead, buddy. I just want to talk about Phil tonight. I thought he was um, exceptionally well. And he's one of the best players out there. And it was an entertaining game. Both teams played well, but I thought Phil stood up the most to me and carried them to the two points they got. Well, Justin Schultz did play well. He had an assist tonight. He was plus one. Played 25-15 only... Dumoulin played more than him. He's become an important part of the Pittsburgh Penguins, even more so with the number of injuries they've had. So uh, everything that the Oilers had hoped that Justin Schultz would become, he has. It's just unfortunate that he's become that with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It's Joanne on the line. Joanne, good to hear from you. How are you? How are you tonight? We're doing great. Um, I, I wanted to say the same thing as the first caller said about uh, um, Connor McDavid getting tripped by the goalie and you said that's not a, an issue but wouldn't it have been awesome if there had been a penalty called and 
Connor got a penalty shot and won the game. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have been a penalty shot, though. If anything, it would have been a, 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 a two-minute minor. But like, like when I saw the replay in slow motion, it's easy to say, okay. But but I mean, like Rob and I said, it's 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 rarely it's it's rarely actually called on a situation like that in tight. Yeah, but you have no idea how my mind works. <laughs> well, thanks, that's thanks that's true. Very, yep, thanks very much. <laughs> Actually, we have no idea how any woman's mind works, so she's just one of many. The Oilers get two goals tonight. That means $50 to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give 25 bucks for every goal throughout the season. Rob, it's now up to $4,700 for the season. You can follow that total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. All right, you're going to hear from Connor McDavid, from David DeHarnay, who struck tonight. We'll go into the Penguins dressing room as well. Uh, we got Ryan, Nick, Tony, Greg next in the batting order for callers. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're coming right back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Live from the Terry Ferenich Team Broadcast Center. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, six thirty. Chad McDavid up top, just inside the blue line. One timer, dry settle, save made, rebound. McDavid shoots and scores. This game is tied. Two to two with seven fifteen to go. It would stay tied into a shootout, and the Penguins edge the Oilers 3-2 if you're just joining us it was a beauty the Oilers out shooting the Penguins 42-30 Pittsburgh controlled the first period they got up to nothing the Oilers pressed 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 and tied it they do settle for a single point but a great game tonight along with Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins thanks a lot for joining us you're going to hear from Sidney Crosby in a minute here but first we'll go to Ryan at 780-496-0063 hi Ryan hi there how are you doing well uh, two things. Number one, uh, well, three things. Best game of the year by far. I saw it on TV anyway. I'm, I'm here from Calgary, but I've been a big Oilers fan forever. Uh, second thing, I want to congratulate Pouliot for uh, probably the best game of the season. I hope it's just not adrenaline. And thirdly, um, I, I want to disagree with you guys a little bit about that uh, trip that uh, Flurry put on McDavid. You know, uh, when 2006 came around, we were so... A friend of mine were talking that we were getting pretty disgusted with hockey with every single thing being called and it's getting back to where hockey should be played but you, you can't you can't change the outcome of games and uh, you watch Everly trip a guy which was a trip and then you see Flurry trip a guy which definitely is a goal um, it should not have been a penalty shot it should have been an automatic goal when you've got an open net and you get tripped it's an automatic goal in overtime and uh, frustrating to watch something like that so anyway just let you guys talk about it okay well we're we're not going to spend much more time on the trip i mean this was a this was a great enough game that uh you know we we talked about i don't want to focus on it benoit pouliot did come back to the lineup uh tonight rob played uh, 12 14 got three shots on net Uh, i mean they're going to need him to find a way to contribute he was on the line with cassian and DeHarnay tonight. I mentioned DeHarnay's goal, and uh, Cassian credited with six hits this evening. And uh, of the six, they were all <laughs> bone rattling. Uh, him or he, uh, along with uh, Lucic and Maroon, some big hits. And I think that's when the, the, it started going towards the Oilers' way. They started getting momentum because they were physical. Pittsburgh is not a physical team at all. They try to beat you with speed. They try to beat you with skill, and they're very good at both of those ways of winning. The Penguins, or excuse me, the Oilers came out and just became physical and finished checks and threw big checks 
uh, they were effective, and it started to slow down the Penguins. As for Pouliot, I thought we saw more uh, desperation in his game, more compete in his game than we had seen earlier in the season before the injury. They need it not just tonight or tomorrow or against Montreal. They need it consistently. The others need a third line. Now, the third line uh, had some good moments, but they were on for both goals in the first period. There were some communication problems. They've got to be dependable defensively. Uh, you know, the, the offense is great, and if you can throw something in every once in a while, but they cannot go out there, cannot afford to go out there and give up goals against because that those are killers when your third line's doing that. Uh, Pouliot, hopefully this is the start of uh, something good for Benoit for the remainder of the season. I expect him to have another good game when they play against the Montreal Canadiens. He will be excited and ready for that one. Sidney Crosby without a point in the two games against the Oilers this season, even though his team wins both of them. His comments for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Was that one as much fun to play as it was to watch? Yeah, I mean, it's not fun when they're they're coming at you. I think that, uh, you know, we lost momentum there in the second half of the game, but Flower made some big saves. Um, you know, he, he made some big saves, you know, third and overtime. So, you know, he bailed us out, but uh, found a way to, to get that point in the shootout. And your shootout goal. Tell me about it. Yeah, I just kind of came down. I mean, at that point, the ice is pretty chewed up. You're not going to try anything too fancy. So I tried to, you know, keep my head up and, uh, you know, get a shot on that. So I know it's not only you against Connor McDavid, but how good is Connor when he's facing your team? Uh, he's just, he's dangerous. I mean, uh, you know, plays that seem like nothing plays, he's able to, to create a chance. So, um, no, he just... You try to contain him as best you can, but with speed like that, I mean, uh, he's gonna he's gonna create things out there. Talking about speed, but speed with the puck. Have you ever seen a guy playing like this? Um, no, I mean, you know, not not necessarily with his hands. I mean, there are guys who are, who are pretty quick and can beat you wide, but not necessarily stick handle through you. And I think he's got that ability and he uses the guys around him really well. So, you know, being able to give and go and you know get some separation for himself. So I think you know those. There's more to it than just being a fast skater. I mean, there's a lot of fast skaters in the league, but uh, he thinks the game really well. So they're, they're a team that wants to mold themselves after you guys. Tonight, they put up a really good fight against you guys. You can just talk about the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're a playoff team, and they've had success this year for a reason. So, um, you know, we know that... Uh, You know, playing other teams, we're usually going to get their best. We're not going to surprise them. So, um, you know, we've got to be able to, to compete every night. And I think we've done a pretty good job of that. You know, we're missing, you know, missing some guys and, you know, pretty banged up. And I think uh, we've shown up with the right mindset every night. And I think the situation we're in, you know, the importance of getting points ourselves and uh, getting a good playoff position, you know, I think that that hopefully helps us. So, um Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of teams like this, and we've got to continue to play the right way. You said it was 10 years ago when you won your first Art Russ, second season in the NHL. Connor is in a race with you and Malkin, but he might do it also in his second season. Is it a question of being maybe younger, less I would not say less pressure, but you just go with the flow at this age, and you're not thinking about anything? Um, I don't know. I think uh, you know, guys. You know, like Connor coming in the league and, and having a lot of success early, they're getting a great opportunity to play, and uh, deservingly so. I mean, you see some of the young guys that are, you know, having an impact in the league. So, um, you know, I don't think that, 
they can be put in those situations if they can't handle them, and I think they've shown they can handle them. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot when you're kind of transitioning, but, um, you know, these guys are elite players for a reason, and, and they're showing it. Yeah, he was just, you know, one after another as far as some of the saves he made, and they weren't easy ones, you know, traffic in front, um, you know, breakaways and some clean looks that uh, he was incredible tonight so uh, it's it's fun to see him you know you can tell when he kind of gets that that mindset and he's having fun out there and you could tell he had a lot of fun tonight so we made it tough on him but um, <laughs> he was he was great all right there's penguins captain Sidney Crosby his team getting a 3-2 shootout win in a tense entertaining game here at Rogers Place. We got news and weather coming up in a couple minutes but first we want to go to Nick at 780-496-0063 hi Nick Reed, how's it going? We're doing great. Good. Uh, first-time caller, a long-time listener. Um, Rob Brown, I like the best of what you do. Oh, thank you very your, much. Uh, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, your perspective on the game is just top-notch. Uh, tonight, though, what a great push. I mean, I mean, it's too bad we didn't walk away with the two points, but, I mean, the Oilers of the past, you wouldn't have seen them push like that and really assert themselves, and the puck management was top-notch at times. Um so I just had a couple points. First point was um was nice to see Dehar naked on the board. Um with the expansion draft around the corner, you know, everybody's talking about this Vegas thing over and over so much. But where what where do you see who do you see getting picked up from the Oilers from uh from Vegas' point of view? And the other point I was just gonna make is uh you know, we kept talking about just tinkering with the lineup leading up to the uh the trade deadline. And what kind of moves are we really looking for in the summertime, like for acquisitions? What are your thoughts on that? Well, as for the the expansion draft, it's really it's hard to to really pinpoint one player because we don't know exactly who the Oilers are going to leave exposed. I mean, to me, the intriguing one, if I'm Las Vegas, as I look at a, a Griffin Reinhardt, he was taken third overall. He's a young kid. Uh, the upside is there. I mean, you're not getting star players when you, you draft in the expansion draft because all the stars are obviously protected. So you try and pick someone that you hope is going to turn into something special. So, I mean, he's a guy that is intriguing now, the fact that they the, that they got rid of Davidson, who was another guy that is a young defenseman. you got to build through the defense if you're an expansion team. And those were two young defensemen. Griffin Reinhardt is still here, so he is a possibility. Nick, you're going to finish the play. You've already won an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. You're trying to get entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire experience integrity. Here we go. Mark andre Fleur with a save. McDavid hits Dreisettle. Score! McDavid over to Dreisettle for a shot. Goal or no goal? No goal. Mark andre Fleur with a save. McDavid hits Dreisaitl's score. Off the inside of where the post meets the crossbar, and Mark andre Fleury patted it down like it was a teddy bear. Close call there. <laughs> That's a great call by Jack Michaels, and uh, Nick Doeswid finished the play tonight. Dreisaitl hit the post there. He later got an assist on McDavid's game. Tying goal. Penguins take it 3-2 in a shootout. All right, if you're on hold, we're getting to you. we got to let people what's going what's going on with the news and the weather, though. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre. 
This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Worked up the left-hand side for Malkin, who cuts to his right, enters the offensive zone, cleft ball back, centers, quick shot, and twice, Anglin stopped on the doorstep by Cam Talbot. Wrist shot Kessel into a crowd, and that was deflected wide. Camp Talbot, save of the game for Armor Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. Talbot led in a tough one. Long shot by Malkin, dribbled through late in the first. McDavid tried to kick it out of the crease, but it banked in off Talbot. He shut the door in regulation and overtime. After that, helping the Edmonton Oilers earn a point. The Penguins do get the 2-3-2 in a shootout. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. This was an absolute thriller. This was one of those, Rob, where they'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. <laughs> That's And you actually did the, the physical part of that joke, too, not just saying it over over the, the radio there. Yeah, I, I still, I mean, it, it was that exciting a game. You, you just, in, in, in a game that the Oilers lose, you don't feel the, the energy still in it. But it was tonight. It was, it was two very good hockey clubs playing together, and they brought their A games. And it was just a, a, a fun, fun night. And I'm sure that everybody that left the arena tonight can't wait to see the next Oiler game to see if they can bring the same kind of energy and excitement against the Montreal Canadiens. All right, We'll hear from Connor McDavid in a minute here. But first we have, is we, are we up to Tony here, Kellen? We got Tony on the line. Tony, thanks for holding. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Big fan of the show. I uh, just wanted to quickly comment on uh, the Oilers uh, keeping up with the elite teams in the National Hockey League. About two weeks ago, uh, they lost 2-1 in uh, Washington and actually played very well that night. And again, uh, tonight out shooting uh, Pittsburgh 42-30, to I believe it was 31. Um, you know, uh, the Oilers are they're, they're making their way. Uh, after a decade of losing, it's extremely refreshing to see. Uh, but my question for you guys is, are you ready to put Connor McDavid as the t- the top two best NHL players? Uh, for me personally, I think Sidney Crosby is still the best player. I think his fundamentals exceed anybody else's in the National Hockey League. Uh, but it's extremely tough to say after a performance like tonight's. I mean, it was the Connor McDavid show. Just wanted to hear you guys' thoughts and uh, uh, just a big fan of the show, guys. Thanks, Tony. Uh, there's a number of great players in the NHL. If you look through the Patrick Canes, the Jonathan Taves, uh, Brent Burns having an exceptional year, the guys in Dallas again, and and, and Ben. Uh, to me, until he's unseated, Sidney Crosby is the best in the world. He's the captain and best player on the best team in the league. He was the captain and the best player in the tournament for the World Cup for the team that won the championship, and he was their best player. But Connor McDavid is closing. There's things that Connor can do that Sidney can't. The thing that I, that both those players can do is they keep plays alive. Their strength. Neither is, is a giant, but they don't get knocked down. They have the one hand on their stick. They're still able to control the player that they're defending them against and, and still make a play. Their their vision on the ice is second to none. But the one thing that Connor has that Sidney can't is the speed. And Sidney Crosby will make everyone else around him better, and he will battle as good as any player in the National Hockey League, but he does not have the speed that, that, that Connor McDavid has, and that eventually is going to separate Connor from the rest of the pack, and he will become the best player in the world. And tonight we saw a little bit of a coming out party because he knew the importance and the, the, the comparisons between him and, and Sydney. He wanted to make a statement, and he certainly did. 
Great question. And for me, playoffs. You got. You I mean, and the others haven't been in. And but once a guy does it in the playoffs, that elevates him because there's more pressure. The 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 tension is greater. And uh, you know, to to borrow from basketball, what do, what do people from the previous generation say to the current generation? Well, Jordan won more than LeBron. LeBron's won a lot. Jordan won more, so he's better. I mean, right? That's what it comes down to. For yeah, a lot of I don't fully believe that. No, but that's but that's you got to do it in the playoffs to be you to, do to, to truly be the best. Yes and no. Yes, you you. But if 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 you never are surrounded by good hawk or good players. Uh, you could, you could like Marcel Dion was never, never had enough good players to play with him. Doesn't mean he wasn't one of the greatest ever. Now, uh, having to be able to play under pressure and still play at at the top of your game or even exceed it, yes, I think that is key. But I don't think you can just look at championships as to say who's the greatest ever, because that means Gretzky's not the greatest ever because there's guys that have more championships than him. All right, let's go down and hear from McDavid for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. <clears throat> Connor, uh, I mean, obviously nice that you guys battled back in that game. What maybe changed for you after the, the first 20? Yeah, you know, definitely nice to battle back. Um, you know, I thought we had a good first period. Um, you know, they, they uh, kind of a, a mistake on my part that uh, cost our team and... Um, yeah, well, we found a way to battle back, and that's real positive. Play that way against that team. Is that a confidence boost in your eyes, even though you didn't get the result at the end? Yeah, it's it's a confidence boost, I guess. But you know, we got to find ways to to get the full two points, and uh, had a good chance there in overtime. A few guys had some good chances in overtime, but uh, we didn't bear down and, and finish it. So, um, you know, frustrating just to get one, but at the same time, we'll take it. What happens on that play? You make it look like you made exactly what you wanted, and then. Uh, well, I just tried to get my stick in there and uh, kind of caught the edge of the net. In a play like that, you're, you're kind of just panicking and um, you, know, you just put a throw body part in front of it. I uh, thought I'd get my leg there and, uh, you know, unfortunate that Talby was coming back at the same time and uh, we kind of banked it in off him. So kind of a funny play. Um, we'll be seeing that for, for a while on the bloopers for sure, but, uh, you know. You feel like you guys did a pretty good job of sustaining pressure against that team. I mean, that, line, that second and third period, you just carried a lot of it. Yeah, we, you know, we had our chances for sure. Um, you know, we were in their zone for for you know, a while a while at a time, and, and you know, but they hemmed us in as well. So um, I learned from that and, and, and take some of the positives that uh, come away from playing against a team like that. I know you talked down the Crosby thing, but now that the game's over and you and him really sort of went head-to-head a lot tonight, was it fun? Did you enjoy it? Is it different playing against 87? Yeah, it is different. Uh, to say it's a normal game is, is uh, it would be lying. Um, you know, obviously, he's someone that I looked up to my, my whole life, and to play against him is, is fun. Um, that's probably to my advantage. It's it's easier for, for me to get up to play against him than, than it is for him to, to get up to play against me. So um, I guess uh, it's a bit of an advantage for me, but um, you know, definitely fun to play against him and a good challenge. Um, you know, he, he was making plays all night, and uh, you know, definitely something I have to, to work on in my D zone. Did that? Looper in the first period kind of might have gotten you. It kind of seemed like you had a, kind of an amazing job today where you sort of like, okay, I'm going to take that one. Back. Read that, uh, Connor McDavid. Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers' room for us tonight. McDavid brilliant this evening. Nine shots, a goal, hard on himself for the 
puck. He tried to kick out of the <laughs> crease, lying a few inches from the goal line, but it hit Talbot, who was scrambling back into position and went into the net. That gave Pittsburgh a 2 nothing lead. The second period started with Pittsburgh on a power play. The Oilers killed it off and then took over the game. They settled for a point, but the Penguins winning 3-2 in a shootout. Quick look at the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard here. The uh, Edmonton Oil Kings, tough night for them. They lose 9-3 in Medicine Hat. The Oilers Farm Team, Bakersfield winning 3-2 in overtime over the Ontario Reign. Joey LaLegia now playing forward after starting his career on defense. Got the overtime winner. The Condors are in a playoff spot by five points. In the NHL, the Blues help out the Oilers in the Pacific race, beating the Ducks 4-3. The Wild outscore the Panthers 7-4. Detroit wins at home 4-2 over Chicago. The Blue Jackets edge the Sabres 4-3. 780-496-0063. We have Greg on the line. Greg, thank you for calling. Greg, do we have you? Greg, let's try again, buddy. Go ahead. We might not we've we might not have him. That's fine. That means Brock gets to come on the show. Brock, go ahead, man. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. I just wanted to, uh, I guess I have a, a question um, and a comment. Uh, in, in overtime, uh, moments before Eberle passed the, the puck across the crease to, to Nugent Hopkins and, and Flurry made that pretty ridiculous save, I felt like when Eberle was coming in off I don't know if it, if he was coming in from from the bench or where, but he was sort of coming in off the left circle before he crossed the crease. There was there was this big gap that I thought Eberle could have passed the puck, you know, thread not really thread the needle because there seemed to be a good a good space, pass the puck to Nugent Hopkins for a way better scoring opportunity. I just kind of held my head and thought, why is he hanging on to the puck? He eventually made a pretty good pass, but I just I really feel like. You know, he's holding on, and he, I don't know, maybe being a little bit selfish there, and I feel like there's a big difference between players like him and players like Connor, where, you know, Connor has all the skill in the world, but even in, 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 in desperate times, I find Connor still, you know, makes the smart, safe play to maintain possession and whatnot, and I, I just felt like we should have won that game. <laughs> I really felt like Everly kind of lost it for us. I think it was after that that he went and drew the penalty and, you know, time to go down, and then lost in the shootout but I just wanted to know your comments or thoughts on that and and if you think he I don't want to be dwelling on the past but if if he if you guys know what I'm talking about or that that time if he should have made that that pass before um the eventual pass to the crease um well I'd have to see a replay again to comment completely on it first you, you can't compare uh, Everly and McDavid in, in their thought process in a game or or how Connor would make the right play because Connor is a better hockey player. He's a smarter hockey player. He is one of the best, if not the best, in the world, and he's as smart as any other player. So he's going to make plays that and see plays that Jordan or any of the other players on the team are not going to see. As for uh, whether he should have passed sooner or not, I can tell you this, and I can't remember exactly the play, but I can tell you this: it is easier to see plays open up from the stands than it is to see plays on the ice. A guy like Connor McDavid sees everything on the ice as though he's in the press box, as though he's in the stands. So when you're on the ice, there's so many other things going on. You may not realize how much time you have. You may not realize as much uh, space. So I, that, I'm saying that having not have the replay in front of me, 
Uh, I mean, it ended up being a play that probably should have gone in anyways, had not been for an absolutely incredible save by Flurry. Yeah, there was just watching the replay of that again. I mean, Flurry actually kicked yeah. his leg up. He left in the his air leg up to, to to make the stop because Nugent Hopkins was had to get the puck up, yep. and he did. Yeah, just like when I saw it live, I kind of thought Nuge was in too tight and couldn't lift it as much as he wanted. And then when I saw the replay, I'm like, oh, my God, like Fleury. What, what an incredible hockey game for sure. Okay, I think we have Greg back on the line after uh, a couple swings and misses there. Greg, do we have you this time? I'm not sure. Do you got me? Yes, go ahead, man. Um, so I'm going to put this debate between uh, Crosby and McDavid, who is the best player to bed right now. The, clearly the best player in the NHL is Justin Schultz, so we just just kill that right now. Okay? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so everybody can just relax. Um, you know, those people that say that those uh, we need higher-scoring games and stuff like that, well, look at tonight's game, for example. That was a highly entertaining game. Back and forth, back and forth. That was, a, that, that was probably one of the best games I've seen all season. Um, you know, unfortunately, we came out on the wrong end of it, but, I, man, if Connor McDavid could play like that every single night of the year, oh, Man, that'd be impressive. That 200 points that the Gretzky got might be in jeopardy. But uh, all in all, I thought it was a really great game, highly entertaining. And, you know, win or, win or loss tonight, I, I just enjoyed it. And it's good to see that kind of hockey. Well, well, sometimes you, you, you leave a game just as a fan of the game. And I think a lot of people here tonight left a fan of the game because you saw, you saw some of the greatest players in the world playing on the Pittsburgh Penguins. And whether you're a Penguin fan or not, you got to appreciate the way they play hockey. I mean, that is the best team in the National Hockey League, the st- defending Stanley Cup champions. So you got to appreciate the way they play. And then you see a team like Edmonton, who's an upstart team, who's just trying to find themselves, been out of the playoffs for a decade. This is their first year that they, they finally got things clicking, and they come, and they bring their A game, and they push the champs to, to, to the wall here. So you may not be excited about the, the final outcome, but I think you're excited about the game that you saw. And you can say, and there's going to be people a week from now, two weeks from now, say, oh, yeah, you remember? Were you at that Penguin-Oiler game? It was fantastic. Yeah, I was there that night. So I think people are going to be talking about this for a while. Yeah, absolutely great game. Penguins take it 3-2 in a shootout. Mark andre Fleury wasn't busy in the first period. Certainly was after that. He winds up making 38 saves tonight and a couple of more in the shootout. Pardon me. He winds up making uh, 40 saves tonight and then a couple more in the shootout. Flurry's comments for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. What did, the, what did the Crosby versus McDavid show look to you like tonight? Fun, fun, uh, fun to watch. You know, the two obviously two, uh, two great players. You know, a lot of skill, a lot of speed on both sides. Um, but to me, he said is uh, is the best. You know, he's been the best for a long time, and uh, I think he does so many uh, good things offensively, defensively, and is a complete uh, player out there. David has an overtime breakaway. What are you thinking? <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. Trying to stay patient. You know, I know he's got a good hands. He's quick both sides. He's um, already poke checked him once. You know, so I thought I was hold off on that for a bit, but um, worked all right. You see Newton in the groove right from the get go. Uh, it was fun. It was a fun game. I think from that uh, first save on McDavid there, um, I don't know. I thought it was good, good energy in the building. You know, it was a fun team to play against, and um, you know, it's, it's a good time on there. You like games like this when you're as active as you were tonight? Yeah, for sure. I think it's fun when you get uh, 
feels like you contribute, you know, you make some saves and um, I don't know, I was just that's why we're there, you know, trying to stop the puck and it was, uh, it was fun, not too many went in, so it was nice. Those back-to-back chances, though, in the overtime, McDavid first and then Ryan Nugent-Hawkins where you, you got the pad up and sort of kicked it up backwards. Uh, what was that like for you? <laughs> um, <clears throat> entertaining, you know, for a little bit. <laughs> they're, uh, you know, good, good, good players, a lot of skills and uh, you get us to ready for these guys, you know, they um, obviously have good hands and good patience, so... Uh, it's fun to make those saves. Well, you played it pretty aggressively in some of those shots, coming out pretty far to challenge. Is that kind of by design, or is the way the flow of the game kind of went and dictated? Um, you know, like, like I said, you know, so many guys have um, good hands, good, you know, um, they're patient with the puck, and I just tried to uh, maybe cut their space away a little bit. And um, my guys did a great job blocking shots and helping me out on rebounds and stuff. So it was, uh, it was good. The other thing about tonight is the Oilers won an awful lot of face-offs, which usually it's about 50-50 here, but it was quite lopsided. So in the defensive zone on the face-off, you were ready for it. I, <laughs> I don't know. It's not uh, something I really keep track of, remember, you know, in the game. But when the puck comes, I just try to be ready, you know, whatever situation it is. And, um, yeah, some games are like that, but usually we're pretty good at it. Pretty good after the illness. It seemed obviously it didn't seem to. Such a bad yeah, role. it was a rough 24 hours, but uh, I'm good now. Yeah. Well, he was very good tonight. That's Mark Andre Fleury. Scott Johnson working the Penguins dressing room for us tonight. Fleury gets the win. The Penguins edge the Oilers 3-2 in a shootout. A game that's going to be remembered for a long time. If you're on hold, we're coming to you. You're also going to hear from David DeHarnay who scores his first as an Oiler tonight. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perrantes Team Broadcast Centre. Oilers come back from 2-0 down, but wind up falling 3-2 in a shootout to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Great game at Rogers Place. No Japanese Village goal light tonight. If the Oilers do score five or more in a game, we turn it on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village downtown south side and north side are their three locations. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We have Gary on the open line. Gary, thanks for calling. Thank you, uh, gentlemen. Reed, Rob, thanks for taking my call. It's been a while since I called you guys. Uh, wow, what an exciting game. Um, so close to all these uh, uh, posts we hit in other games so far, uh, I think of the uh, ones that could have gone in, it would have been a different outcome, more points on the on the board for our, our team here. Um, well, tonight, I think, and then also the last game we played against Pittsburgh, I think, in my opinion, I think so far, even, especially if you want a small sample, I think Conor McDavid, the way he's played, uh, he's carried this team, uh, nine shots tonight, goal, uh, much better than playing uh, Crosby. I mean, his acceleration is unbelievable. Uh, uh, it was read the uh, set of plays and read the play and that. So my vote is still Connor McDavid, and he's just uh, you know, being only 20 years old. I think he's just going to get better as uh, uh, as he uh, furthers his career. I guess we'll find the playoffs. Um, my question is, um, uh, how, during how we finish because we've got a lot of games against Pacific Division teams in the West here uh, with 15 games remaining. Um, who do you think the Oilers will end up playing against and which team you have a better chance of going against in the first round and beating? And I look forward to the Montreal Canes game this Sunday. Uh, it's my second best team, and that should be exciting. Hopefully uh, the Oilers can also bring up the same uh, uh, intensity and uh, passion that they played tonight against one of the top teams in the league. 
that's why I need to end this evening. Well, thank you. I, I'm honest. I'm I'm predicting, and it might be just because I'm hoping for an Edmonton Calgary first round pl- playoff. That's what I want to see, and I think that's what it's going to be. I think as long as the Calgary they have two defensemen, Hamilton and Stone, that left the game last game. As long as they're healthy, I think that they will pass Anaheim in the standings, and it'll be an Edmonton Calgary first round. Right now, Anaheim 80 points, Edmonton 79, Calgary 78. Those are spots two through four in the Pacific Division. Oilers and Flames both with a game in hand on the Ducks. All right, we got the 11 o'clock news and weather coming up. We still have time to talk Benito to you. Benito and Malkin in the first, Deharnay in the second, McDavid in the third, David Kessel, the game-deciding goal in the shootout. Canadian Penguins overtime open line three, from the Terry Perez team broadcast center. Best game center. ever played at Rogers Place. I know there haven't been that many so far, but I think we can say that to this point in the season. The Oilers go to 35-23 and 9 on the season. 1-1-1 one, one, and one so far on their eight-game homestand. We're going to bring in Kyle in a second here on the phone lines, but it's just watching the highlights again, Rob, and you mentioned it off-air, so I want to bring it up on here. The McDavid breakaway, but let's talk about what started that, that pass from Leon. A, a wonderful pass by Leon. It, it, Leon and, and Connor, they love playing together. And one of the reasons are they can read read each other very well. They know each other, how each other thinks. As soon as the puck gets into an area, McDavid sees, okay, Leon's getting it. McDavid takes off. He's got full faith that if Leon gets the puck on his stick, he's going to make a good play with it. And he does every time he gets it. He had to saucer a pass about 35 feet through a, through a defender. And he has to make the pass land with Connor McDavid going full speed and not having to lose stride. And he did it. An absolute beautiful pass. Connor McDavid gets it on a stick. He doesn't have to stop, wait for it. He doesn't have to. Earlier in the game, we saw uh, Kessel, before he got the breakaway, there was another chance for a breakaway, and the puck bounced, and he, he couldn't corral it. It goes all the way down. So Leon Dreisaitl, an absolute beautiful play to set up Connor McDavid, which would have, I mean, this place would have blown. Like, the roof would have went flying off had Connor McDavid scored on that breakaway. And I just watched the replay a couple times. I see where people are talking about and what you were talking about, the stick, but they're just never going to make that call. And it was a good play by Fleury. He was impeding Connor McDavid from getting across to the puck. But, yeah, Leon Dreisaitl, an excellent play to send in Connor McDavid on what could have been a huge, huge goal for Connor. Also on the setup, Everly to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, where Fleury made the great save. This is the great thing. I watch highlights and I notice more and more because so much was happening. Nuge actually did a great job mm-hmm. to get that from his skates up to his stick. Yeah, it, I, I was just watching the replay too, and, and it was uh, it was a tough one getting up too. A lot of, if, if the puck comes to the inside of your foot, it's easy to kick up and get it onto your stick. But that one came to the outside of his foot, and he still had to corral on the outside of his foot, get it up to his stick, and get it off very very quickly, which he did. I watched the replay. I, uh, maybe the replay was late, and it didn't show Jordan Eberle earlier with the puck on a stick, but when he got it, I mean, he got it to, to, to Nugent Hopkins, who was the right guy to get the puck to. He was in a better shooting position, and only an all-world save by by Marc-Andre Fleury stopped that from, from going in the net. So uh, it, it was entertaining. This A 2-2 game, we'll throw out the shootout goal, a 2-2 game that easily could have been a 5-5 game with a number of great scoring chances. You know, I got a buddy on Twitter who's not a fan of the shootout, and he said, I would have preferred to see more overtime. That's that was like ending a birthday party with cauliflower. That's my buddy Doug on Twitter. That was a good one. That was a very good one. I, I understand because I, I, as great a game as it was, it just got 
taken to a new level when we went to three-on-three overtime because that overtime was exceptional. All right, we have Kyle on the line. Kyle, thanks a lot for staying up with us, buddy. Go ahead. Call, guys. Uh, just to add on to what Rob said there, I couldn't agree more with McDavid and Dreisaitl. It's crazy to think these guys are 19, 20 years old, and we've got them here for the next, you know, hopefully the next 10 years, 20 years of their career. But uh, I wanted to just kind of ask your guys' opinion. Down the stretch here, the Oilers up front have everyone healthy now with Pouliot back in the lineup. Uh, do you think or do you look at it from a management uh, perspective? Do they bring up a guy like Pouliot down the stretch here and see what he's got? Or do you kind of just let him sit in the minors? Because, I mean, you're not going to put him in really a top six position, so he's going to be, you know, seeing those small small amount of minutes again as he was uh, at the beginning of the season. You are not bringing him up unless you're playing him 12 to 16 minutes a night. If he's going to come up and play on your fourth line or get uh, no power play time, there's no reason to bring him up. He's playing a lot in the minors. They're in, a, as Reed said earlier, they're in a playoff spot down there. They're playing important hockey games, and he's a big part of that. Now, it, you keep let them keep learning the game, keep gaining confidence, and if there is an injury or if there is a, a, a reason to get him up here to put him where he, where he eventually will belong, then you bring him up. But you don't bring him up just to have him sit and watch the other guys play. Yeah, that's a good question. Our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Is possible. Lineup changes going forward. I mean, you can carry more than 23 now as long as you're under the cap. The Oilers are as healthy as they've been. I mean, Pitlick, unfortunately, is out for the season. But, I mean, he's been out so long, you don't, you're do not you not considering him on a nightly basis. So, Kara came out, Pacarinen came in tonight, Pouliot returned, and they took Kajula out, and Russell came in for Griba, and, and Slepeshev who, you know, has been okay mm-hmm. at times. Yep. He's still finding his way sometimes. He, he remained uh, a healthy scratch this evening. I, I, I doubt they make any changes for Montreal after this game, but there are some options there in depth positions. And, and that's something that the Oilers haven't had in the past. The, the Oilers had guys in the lineup that they didn't want in the lineup. So now they got guys that can come in the lineup and, and contribute. So uh, I, I thought that when they got DNA that one of the – players that was going to lose some ice time was going to be Kajula on the power play. And I think you're starting to see that now. Dernay, that is where he's going to be effective. And if you have him on a second power play unit instead of the Kajula, then you're, you're going to benefit from the the vision that, that Dernay has. Uh, but the others have got guys that if they aren't, there's players in the lineup that aren't pulling their weight, aren't playing up to their potential. Then they got guys they're going to put in there that are just itching to get back in because this is a fun time of year right now. Nobody wants to be sitting in the press box during these games. David DeHarnay, big goal tonight to start the Oilers' comeback. Let's go downstairs and hear from the Oilers' number 13. Well, David, it um, seemed like a fun game to be a part of. I'm sure the, the the end result wasn't what you guys were looking for, but a good effort from your team. Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought we deserved better tonight, but uh, like you said, that's a... Uh, it's a great game for us. Uh, we came back uh, from two to nothing and uh, gave us a, ourselves a chance to win, and uh, that's what we're looking for. Back and forth, lots of chances. Could have been four four, ended up being two two. Did it have a playoff feel to it? Yeah, uh, I mean, you don't want to go back and forth like then in playoffs, but uh, yeah, it was a great game. And for yourself to get your your first year as an Oiler, I mean. Don't get the two points, but it must feel nice. Uh, uh, yeah, it's always uh, it's always good uh, to to uh, to score a goal, and uh, 
uh, like we were, we were trailing two nothing and got uh, got the, the the team back in the game. David, in your mind, what did you guys tweak between the first and second to start pushing momentum in your favor? Uh, I mean, sometimes I think we're looking too much uh, at the uh, at the other team and saying like, oh, the, it's Pittsburgh, and you get intimidating. And uh, you know, uh, we went out there in the second, we played, and uh, we know we can play with these guys, and uh, uh, that's what we did. Read that's David DeHarnay. Thanks, Brendan Ulrich, work in the Oilers' room. DeHarnay with the goal, 4:55 into the second period, and you know, you know, they talked about the, the island after losing to the Islanders, where they had the puck a lot, but only got a goal. You got to bully your way to the net. Well, and you know, Peter Shirelli said about DeHarnay. Okay, he's a small guy, but he'll get in there. I mean, the the puck traveled two and a half inches on the goal, <laughs> but it's because he just got in there closer than everybody else. I'll never mock anyone that only puts it a foot into the net. I scored a bunch just like well, that. Well, no, I, I, I no, think it's great. Yeah, but I thought the Oilers were very good tonight at getting into the crease, getting into the blue paint. Um, Flurry a couple times was knocked over. Guys driving the net. It starts with Connor McDavid driving the net uh, on, on his chances and a couple times bumped Flurry. Uh, Cassian on the, the goal that Dayarnay gets, Cassian's right in the crease as well. The goal... The tying goal that was scored by uh, McDavid, Lucic, it hits him in front of the net because he's in the blue paint. So the the, the Oilers understand they're much they're getting much better at it, and they were very good tonight at getting to the blue paint. Dayarnay does not play small. He, when you're a player that's you know five six five seven, and throughout your career you're always undersized. If you want to continue, whether it's to bantam, to midget, to tier two, to to the uh, junior, to to minor pro, you've got to be able to uh, handle it. You've got to be able to play bigger than yourself. You you understand what your strengths and weaknesses are, and, and you learn to uh, curtail your weaknesses and play to your strengths. And you must be bigger than your your, your size. So it's not something where he came to the NHL and said, "Okay, I now got to get into the blue paint." He's always had to do that. And it shows, and that's why he's had uh, success at the National Hockey League level, and that's why he's still at the NHL level. And if you missed it earlier, the Oilers go 34 out of 45 in face-offs tonight, 76%, and DeHarnay was 7 out of 8. That's got to be a season high for the Oilers. For it's got to be. That might be a franchise high. Do they have that? <laughs> I can't remember a game that we, well, you and I have been doing this four years. I mean, usually if a team goes... 58%. You're like, oh, they dominated the face. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they went 76%. That's been a week with, well, it's been a weakness for both teams. I mean, the Penguins mm-hmm. are 27th, Oilers 30th. That We'll have to check the updated stats tomorrow because maybe they'll be 29th or 28th now after uh, after a big game like that. Just a couple other stats notes here. Um, Rob, the Oilers have gone to overtime 18 times this season. They're 9-9 nine and nine in games tied after 60 minutes, 5-4 and four in games that end in overtime, and 4-5 and five in games that end uh, in shootouts. Uh, I should give the Penguins record here as well. They're now 42-16-8, and eight, and the Penguins have 10 consecutive seasons. I just want to make sure that's... We have too many pages of notes here, buddy. Just hang on. You need someone to do this kind of... <laughs> work for you. You shouldn't have to be going through your own papers. The Penguins have uh, 10 straight 90-plus point seasons. That's the longest active streak in the NHL. They get they already had 90 coming in tonight, so they get they get to 92. Well, it's a franchise that you want to pattern yours after. They, they, they drafted well. 
they kept their draft picks and they they built around their 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 stars and they continue and when things aren't working they go out and get a new coach and the coach comes in and he does it and then they get a new gm and he comes in and continues on with a plan so this is a franchise that has been a model franchise for a number of years and they got a couple stanley cups because of it the penguins are 5-0-2 in their last seven visits to edmonton the oilers last regulation win on home ice over the penguins was december 6 2003 they won 4-3 after trailing 3-1 Corey cross tied it in the third you can only hope to contain him and then sean horkoff scored a couple minutes later for the winner ty conklin had 24 saves there's a little bit of random trivia for you tonight the oilers goalie this evening had a bit of a tough one against in the first period but was outstanding otherwise here's cam talbot uh, he led a couple in the first period and then shut the door Happy with the, the 60 minute big picture type of development? I mean, happy to get a point, I guess, against a very good hockey team. That was a heck of a game, but I mean, anytime you leave points on the table this time of the year, it's. Uh, uh, it doesn't feel very good, so uh, we wanted the extra point tonight, but uh, we'll, we'll take one after uh, having to battle back after the first thing. Given the class of that opponent tonight in those last two periods, was that some of the best hockey in your eyes that you guys have played this season? Yeah, I think that second period is probably some of the best hockey we've played. We, uh, we were in their zone, we were cycling, we were getting pucks to the net, battling that from, got a big goal from Davey there, and uh, we didn't give them a whole lot, so I think uh, down the stretch there after the first period, we really turned our game around, and uh, we needed to come back and get a big point tonight. It was kind of a, sorry if you talked about this already, but kind of an offer play there with Connor. He said he just took the blame for it, said it was his fault, just a funny bounce. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's no one's fault, really. I mean, he gets a stick caught, he's trying to do the right thing and, and kick it further away from the goal line. I mean, if, if they get a stick on it, I mean, it, anything can happen there. But, I mean, it just so happened that I turned around at the same time, ready to grab it. And it's just one of those fluky plays and end up costing us a point tonight, which is unfortunate. All right, Cam Talbot winds up with uh, 29 saves on the evening. I see they've added a shot to the Penguins total since they gave us the printed game sheet. But, uh, I mean, Talbot, a tough, tough goal. I mean, to me, it was the the fact that the puck leaked, leaked yes. through him. But, but I mean, uh, a couple of kick saves in the second period. On the rare occasion, the Penguins did have a scoring chance. He stops Dumoulin on a two-on-one early in the third period. He stops Hagelin twice in close still early in the third period before the game was tied. Kessel gets a breakaway with 425 left. And you know what? All the highlights, I don't even know if they're showing that one. No, uh, I haven't seen it yet. I, I no. I, did Kessel kind of lose the puck? I don't know if I it was the, the shot that he wanted. I think the puck bounced on him. That's yeah. why I said I don't think the ice was good tonight. I think the, pu- the puck bounced on Kessel. But there was a couple saves. The Benino one in the second period would kept it a one-goal game. And then at the beginning of the third, the Dumoulin two-on-one. If either one of those get in, and all of a sudden it's a two-goal game again where they've extended their lead, I don't know if the others come back. You've got to make big saves at the right moment. Cam Talbot has done that all season long, and he did it again tonight, which enabled the heroics from, uh, from Connor McDavid on the, the late goal to get them that point. Yeah, great goaltending, great offensive plays. I mean, both teams working very hard. The Penguins get it 3-2 in a shootout. One final look at the advantage trailer rental scoreboard. The Ducks lose 4-3 to the Blues. So again, the Oilers a point behind Anaheim for second in the Pacific. Edmondson got the winner at 1940. Yeah, I, I watched that. It was a game that St. Louis was the better team most of the night, and Anaheim kept battling back. Then just when it looked like Anaheim was going to get at least one point, kind of a, a fluky, ugly goal by the St. Louis Blues. And talk about the excitement at this time of year. It looked like the St. Louis Blues had won the Stanley Cup when they scored. There is emotion now. There's intensity. Every team is desperate for every point they can get. 
It's been tough for Detroit lately, but they beat Chicago 4-2 tonight. Thomas Tatar scoring the winner at 15-31. Minnesota, 7-4 over the Florida Panthers. Mark Pesek, the former Oil King, did score for Florida his third. That's a score you don't usually hear out of the Minnesota Wild, 7-4. It's a 2-1 game for all those years. They have built uh, themselves a pretty good team in Minnesota. They've gone out and got some very skilled hockey players. And this was a game I think James Reimer wishes he had not started because he was not very good in the nets for the Florida Panthers. Well, and look who scores for the Wild and how, how spread out it is. Zucker is 21st. Eric Stahl, two goals to get to 21. Pominville, his 11th. Parise, his 16th. Grandlin with 22. Coyle is 15th. Six different goal scorers. And, and all guys that when we watch them, they're like, yep, those guys are around yeah. the net. They can shoot. It, it's a deep hockey club. Uh, they've got good goaltending, very good defense. And now they've got the forwards up top that that they haven't had in the past. It is, and this, again, another reason why you want to come in second and third in your division. You do not want to be a wild card and have to play San Jose or have to play Minnesota, possibly Chicago, in the first round. And the Blue Jackets knock off the Sabres 4-3. Columbus up to 43 wins on the season. Gagne got his 17th of the season in that one. All right, you can get more on this game on 630Ched.com. And uh, we're looking forward to another one on Sunday. The Montreal Canadiens visiting the Oilers. 3.30 is our face-off show time. And the game will start at 5. And also remember, before you go to bed tomorrow, spring forward. The clocks go ahead one hour before you go to bed tomorrow. Rob, what a great night. It was. Let's, I'm looking forward to another one on Sunday. Thanks to Troy Bowler. He's our engineer here at Rogers Place. Our studio producer back at the 630 Jet Broadcasting Compound is Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. The Oilers rally but settle for a single point. Penguins 3, Oilers 2 in a shootout.